0: Welcome to WP Constellations, a podcast exploration of the WordPress universe, brought to you by Stellar WP. Welcome to our next episode of WP Constellations, where we explore the WordPress universe through the Stellar lens. And today, my co-host for this episode is Jonathan Clark. John is the Marketing Automation Manager at Stellar WP. How are you doing today, John?
1: I'm doing well. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks. I always love working with you. And when we get to actually be on screen together like this, it's an exciting day. Yes. So thank you for co-hosting with me today. I appreciate you being here. Thank and you. our guests of the hour, of course, our guests today are Hans and Donata Skillred from Termageddon. How are you all doing? Doing well. Thanks.
2: Rocking it. It's a little cold <laughs> at the time of this recording here in Chicago, but outside <laughs> of that, we're doing well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I It's January we are recording in January this will come out um, very very shortly Um, but if you're watching this even years to come we are in the middle of a very cold snap here in the United States and so it'll say it looks sunny but it's like oh it feels like 31 below so yeah it's one of those kinds of days for sure.
2: (laughs) Well Michelle I appreciate you and John you know making this time happen for us because uh, we're recording this right before or we're releasing this right before data privacy day which is yeah. just such a great time of year to you know have a recording like this cuz i'm sure everyone couldn't be more excited to learn about privacy policies and terms and things like that but the reality is you know privacy rights are something that i think most people want in this world and and yeah. i think we as website owners have an opportunity to respect those rights and um and you know happy data privacy day, everyone. So
0: Absolutely. And data privacy, we're going to talk talk a lot about this for sure. But data privacy is more than just making sure that the websites that you frequent or that if you do own a website have those security, but it's also just taking care of your own things, making sure that, you know, I had somebody, I got notification this weekend, somebody tried to log into my personal Twitter account. And I was like, oh yeah, no, I did not authorize that, but let me change that password yet again to make sure that I'm super um, protected as much as possible but thank you for two-factor authentication on that account and everything else right (laughs) to make sure that suddenly i haven't lost my twitter account to some nefarious person out in the world Um,
2: Absolutely. And that's what this day is all about. Obviously, businesses have a a legal reason to want to comply with laws and stuff like that. But really, this day is all about raising awareness of mm -hmm. privacy and the little things that people can do as individuals to make sure that their privacy, they understand who's collecting your data and what are they doing with it? And what can I do to protect my data? Um, Things like two-factor authentication. So.
3: Absolutely. It's an day. <laughs> it
0: is a very important day, and I do hope that even though it, I would say things in in tech aren't necessarily sexy, right? Like like hosting isn't sexy, and forms aren't sexy. But if they're doing their job right, then you the rest of your site can be as sexy as you want it to be because <laughs> you don't have to worry about people getting hacked and things like that. So, um, so with that little lead that you did, give us a little bit more. Tell us a little about about yourselves and what you do. What sure. is- uh
3: So. I'm Donata String skilrud I'm an attorney licensed in Illinois and a certified information privacy professional. I'm also the president and legal engineer behind Termageddon. And outside of work, I'm the chair of the American Bar Association's ePrivacy Committee, a member of the ABA Cybersecurity Legal Task Force, and a fellow at the American Bar Foundation. And so my- you're one of those.
1: Uh-oh, sorry. You're, go ahead.
3: you're one of those people that people say oh you do a few things right or oh yeah, you're right? kind <laughs> just, of busy yeah just a couple yeah well and you just, just got couple. into knitting Yeah, I did just get into knitting and honestly I cannot recommend it enough it's really fun
1: <laughs> <Same>.
3: <laughs> you need I'm, something uh, away from the rest
0: of the stuff to uh pull your mind away at the end of the day <laughs> yeah yeah oh, exactly for sure.
2: she just gave me a huge scarf that she's been making the last <laughs> couple of days I'm pumped about it it's perfect oh, I love it
0: Awesome.
2: And Hans, tell us about you. Yeah. So I'm um I'm I'm Hans. I, I feel like it's always rough going against this, you know, <laughs> her background. Like, okay, I'm Hans. Like, but my my story is I, I ran a 12-person web agency in downtown Chicago for seven years. Um, that's where I lost all my hair. Um, but uh it was from that experience, you know, copying and pasting legal policies for my clients, which always felt slimy and awkward. Um when all of a sudden I started dating a privacy attorney and learned that, you know, hey, maybe there's some better ways to go about this. So so we created term again together. And um, yeah, I, I help web agencies and uh, advocates of privacy just kind of get the message out about what website policies are, how businesses can protect themselves with it and talk about our agency partner program, too. Uh, Oh, and outside of work, outside of work, um, I'm into, oh man, I can't believe I'm sharing this one, but I'm into coin collecting uh, because I'm 95 years old, um, but I'm really into coin collecting lately. Wait, is that
0: a numismatist? Is that the right word?
2: Numismatic, yep, yep. There you go. (laughs) So yeah, I get a big magnifying glass, like at coins for, for my fun. Lately. We have a I lot of it.
3: friends, yeah. obviously. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you're like what? 80 years old knitting and looking at, no, you're not right? anywhere near 80 years
3: old.
0: Can
1: I ask you from a general person who just maybe started their business and they're trying to look for options? What is Termaged And how does it work from that angle?
2: Yeah. So, Termageddon is a website policies generator. So, I think it's best to kind of like define um, what policies are, you know, with that being said. uh, Please note this is not legal advice. I'm not providing legal services today. This is for informational purposes. A good husband just knows, you know, like, all right, better do the disclaimer. Um, But a, a privacy policy exists to provide the disclosures required under applicable laws. Privacy laws start applying the moment you collect someone's name or email or any other per types of personal information. So if you're a website owner and you have like a contact form, for example, or maybe you have some analytics tools running behind the scenes or security tools, these are great examples of features where you could be collecting personal information. And that's when privacy laws can start applying to you, which require you to have a privacy policy. So privacy policy exists to comply with laws like privacy laws. Um, Terms and conditions is more like uh, uh, explaining the rules to using a website. So like if you have an e-commerce website, you wanna explain shipping policies and refund policies and return policies and things like that. So I think um, the best way to put it is Termageddon is a website policies generator, where you you can generate policies that provide the disclosures you're required to make and to help limit your liability as a website owner. And what makes Termageddon special is that after you've implemented us into your website policy pages, we monitor privacy laws and then push updates to your policies with new disclosures as new laws pass, which at the time of this recording, there's already three more laws scheduled to be deployed later this year.
3: Yeah, so in 2024, we have Montana, Texas, and Oregon's privacy laws going into effect, all of which require updates to privacy policies. And I think it's also important to note that You know, we know of privacy laws that are, you know, that we think are static, right? So let's say UK's Data Protection Act passed in 2018. We think, okay, great, this law has been passed. I don't, let's say I'm complying with it today. I don't necessarily need to worry about anything extra coming up. Well, a lot of these governments across the world are updating their privacy laws because there's new technologies, new ways of infringing on privacy. So they're passing new laws or they're amending their existing laws. So just because you're compliant today, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can just stop paying attention and you're good to go in the future.
2: So we're, we're just trying to be that part that can help monitor these changes and alert our customer to these changes.
0: A lot of the times I hear people talk about needing a policy, privacy policy, and then also terms and conditions. And I know that y'all handle that, right? So kind of what's the difference between having a privacy policy, having terms and conditions, and do they interchange or interact with one
3: another? Can you give us a little bit more on that? They're really not the same thing. So a privacy policy recounts your privacy practices. So like, for example, what information are you collecting? Who are you sharing it with? What you're doing with it? And the other disclosures required by privacy laws. Terms of service is more the rules of using your website. So for example, like if you have an account, here's where we can terminate your account. Or here are the things you can't post as comments. Or here's my shipping refunds and return policies. And while a privacy policy is governed by privacy laws, a terms of service is usually governed by consumer protection laws um, or other laws like subscription laws. A great example for a terms of service, let's say you take automatic, automatically renewing subscriptions on your website. Well, if you don't present certain information to a consumer, uh, one of California's consumer protection laws will actually consider that subscription a gift to the consumer. So anything that the consumer has gotten, uh, it will be considered a gift and you need to return their money and you don't get the goods back, right? Um, So things like that are what govern a terms of service. It's more of the rules of using your website.
2: And it's really designed to help limit your liability. So I like a terms of service for virtually any website because it can contain it, link uh, disclosures like, hey, we offer links to third-party sites on our website. We're not responsible when you click on one of those links. So if you click that link and that site gets hacked and you get hacked, you can't come back and sue us. Obviously, it's written up to be much more formal than how I just explained it. <laughs> um, and if I so may, I'm going to leap back over to Donata's definition of a privacy policy where she talked about you know some of the disclosures, like the personal information you collect and with whom you share it with. I think a lot of business owners think to themselves, oh, well, I don't share any data that I collect, which tends to not be the case. And I'll give you an example. If you have a contact form on your website where someone types out and submits their inquiry to you and you receive an email in your email inbox, then you are sharing data with your email service provider. If you add that email to ActiveCampaign, MailChimp, or any other third-party email marketing software, you are sharing that data with your email marketing provider. There's absolutely nothing wrong with sharing data. It's just, that is such a good example of the types of disclosures we just need to make in our website policies to respect the privacy rights of our website visitors.
0: And even if we're not asking somebody for specific information, like their name and their email address and things like that, if we're just, let's say we have a little poll and we're just asking them, do you like red or blue better? But their IP is, is associated with that. Is that also something that we need to think about with privacy?
3: Yeah, because IP address would be considered personal information because it can track somebody. Um, So that means that you're still collecting personal information, even though you're not collecting like names, emails or phone numbers. Yeah, that makes
0: sense. I'm sorry, John, I think I interrupted
1: you. Oh, no, no problem. So I have this question here where uh, so last year, 2023, was considered a really, really big year for Updating and changing of a lot of privacy laws, and uh, California, Colorado, Connecticut were like some of the bigger states that had it, and that seems to be continuing into twenty twenty four. How do you keep up with all the changes that occur?
3: Sure. Um. So it kind of comes from a lot of different sources. This is my favorite question because it's literally my job. <laughs> but um. So you use the software. I use LexisNexis StateNet. That basically you can set um essentially what you would term like Google alerts right so you'll say privacy policy or privacy or personal information and then it will tell you all the bills that have been proposed that have all of those terms and it will also allow you to track those bills throughout time as well so like when you get a list of bills that have those terms you can click track and then you'll track them through the entire legislative cycle um, another source is the International Association of Privacy Professionals, which posts news and has a tracker as well that they provide. Um, and then also the American Bar Association provides tracking and news as well. Um, and then you can also subscribe to alerts from different governments, like the, um, let's say the German Data Protection Authority, you can subscribe to alerts or the, um, the. um Canada Information Commissioner's Office, right? You can subscribe to alerts there. So you kind of collate all of that together. um, And we collate that into our state privacy bill tracker, which you can find um, on our website, on our blog. And then we also have a global privacy bill tracker as well. Um, And then once bills actually pass, um, you do have some time between the passage date and the enforcement date to update policies or, or whatever else you need to update
0: it's really cool. Um it's really cool for somebody who's really into it, which I'm glad. I am so grateful that there are people in the <laughs> world like you know, Donata who are so into this that I can be like, how do I sign up for you to do this for me, which is what Turnahead is all about and we're going to get to that in a minute. But I I think about the fact that there are people with like a blog and that is their one thing, right? I have a blog. I just want to put my work my, and I collect information so I can send people out my blog information. Um and then there are ginormous corporations like Amazon and Etsy and eBay and all of the other ones that are out there. What happens if I decide that having policies and terms and conditions on my website is not important to me? What are the potential issues that I might be creating for myself if I'm a blogger or I'm a big corporation?
2: Yeah, so um, I think it's important. One of the key things to understand about privacy laws is that privacy laws protect people. So California's two privacy laws are designed to protect Californians. California, just like any other legislation with regard to privacy laws, they don't care where your business is located, where your website is operating from. What they care about is protecting their people's data. So whether you're a blog owner or a giant corporation, what you need to go through is understanding whose personal data you're collecting and then seeing what protections do those individuals have and do those laws apply to me? So whether you're a big business or a small website owner, maybe not even a so maybe haven't even formed a business yet officially, you need to find out what laws apply to you because Calopa Calopa California's first privacy law applies to any website that collects as little as an email address. I'm right on that, right? Mm-hmm. It's not for profit. Um yes, any website that collects as little as an email address whereas CPRA, California's second privacy law only ap- tends to apply with businesses that cross over certain thresholds like Processing a ton of data of California, or taking a lot of annual revenue into their business, Um, I get into specifics if you'd like. But long story short is, you need to find out which laws apply to you because that will dictate your business practices and what needs to be disclosed in your policies. The penalties for not complying with these laws can vary drastically. But in the U.S., the minimum fine is twenty five hundred dollars per website visitor whose rights you've infringed upon. So if like a hundred people from California come to your site and you're not complying with that law, it's $2,500 times 100. I mean, these are crushing numbers in my opinion. Um, Also it's, you know, um, one of the fines under GDPR, for example, is 10% of turnover. Meaning, you know, if you're a big business, 10% of your revenue could be devastating um, Mm -hmm. to your operations. So, so yeah, if you, if you don't, if you're thinking, oh, well, I don't need policies, I'm a small fish. I, I guess I have two thoughts, which is, I wouldn't be surprised if you, if there's at least a couple privacy laws that do apply to you, that do require you by law to make those disclosures. But then number two, it's like, what do you want as an individual? Do you want everyone else having the same mindset as you? Be like, oh, I don't care about your data, or I don't care about having policies. Like, who are we helping there? Um, mm-hmm. I, I really struggle to think we're helping anyone. It's like, we kind of just have to suck it up and realize, we're getting regulated in this industry. You can either embrace it or you can pretend it doesn't exist until something happens. Um, So, yeah.
3: I I think I'd like to add one more thing here. So yes, obviously fines, there are bills that are proposed that would allow consumers to sue, which could be a really big deal. But I think it's also important to note that there's been a lot of studies that have come out uh, recently about consumer attitudes towards privacy and Compared to like 10 years ago, consumers care about their privacy way more than before. And also they're willing to make their purchasing decisions based on that. So if they go to a website and they don't feel like their privacy will be respected because let's say you don't have policies or you know you don't have cookie consent or you, you say that you're going to sell their data, they're actually going to different vendors who they feel are respecting their privacy more. So privacy can actually be a competitive advantage as well.
2: You know, I think about the fact... uh... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead. Prior to this uh, recording starting, uh, we were kind of talking about our pets and everything like that. And it just reminds me of the fact that one time we uh, inquired for uh, some dog training for our husky. And we reached out to uh, this group or this website and we submitted our data. And before we knew we were just bombarded with text messages and email marketing and granted, I guess we did consent, but we had no, no ability to stop actually it. I did
3: not oh, consent you did not to consent. that. Um, and also what's interesting is that, so I submitted some very specific questions, right? Like these are the kinds of dogs I have. This is what I'm looking for. These are your plans. Like how did these plans fit what I need? And I received like five automated marketing emails without receiving a single answer to my question. Mm -hmm. And I received text messages, which I also didn't consent to or anything like that. And to me, you know, a privacy lawyer, I'm probably more sensitive to this stuff than other people, but I think other people would agree with me. I'm not going with that vendor, right? I'm I'm not talking to this company because they haven't answered my, any of my questions, they you know? Just solicited it. Yeah. They just marketed to me. And and, that,
2: and there yeah. lies like the goal of like, none of us want that type of treatment. Like we don't like spam calls. Show me one person who enjoys spam calls, except those YouTubers who like target the spammers, which are, <laughs> those, that's different, that's different. those are fine. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Um, um, yeah. No one likes this stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's important just that we step up as website owners and just work towards respecting privacy rights, I would say. Can so I give does... you a follow-up here,
1: if I yeah. can, real quick? Um, I'm a business owner. I know this is a thing, but I don't really care about it. I don't really want to get into it. Like, ugh, this seems like a lot of work. If I if I contact Termageddon, how do you help me when when I don't really want to deal with that kind of thing? Like, can I do a set it and forget it kind of thing?
2: Yeah, that's, that's certainly the approach uh, we strive for Termageddon. Before I share all this though, I will note nothing beats hiring an attorney to draft your policies, monitor laws on your behalf. Like nothing beats that. And that's one big con to Termageddon is that we're not a legal service provider, rather we're a technology. Um, so I do wanna note that, but if you decided, you know what, it doesn't make financial sense for me to get an attorney or whatever the case is if you are considering our tool um it's 119 bucks a year and our questionnaire will help determine the laws that apply and then our questionnaires adapt and ask the questions necessary to make the required disclosures to help comply with laws and to help limit your liability as a website owner so it kind of depends on how big your business is so like if you want like a worldwide presence you're going to take about it's going to take like 45 minutes to 55 minutes to get fully set up whereas if you're more of a local business only servicing people in your state or territory or region you may find yourself getting fully set up in 20 minutes so um, but yeah, we we do strive to have as efficient of a setup as possible without sacrificing comprehensiveness. And then once you've embedded our codes into your policy pages, you've basically given us the opportunity to be able to push updates, notify you of course before that. Um, and then every now and then a state or two, like California, you gotta love them. We'll make it last minute amendments that require us to ask new questions. When that does come, we just send you an action alert uh, email.
0: That's really cool actually. I love how um I have Termageddon on a bunch of my own personal sites, as you know, Hans, because you've helped me figure out what I needed before in the past, which I think is awesome. Um I love that for under $150 a year, like significantly under $150 a year, I can be protected and that it only took me 30 to 45 minutes of my time and then I don't have to really think about it anymore and I feel protected. Um and I do get the emails from y'all and I do see those things and I know when um, updates have happened and whatever. And so I feel in the loop. It isn't like I said, here, do this for me. And now I have no idea what's happening. So I do appreciate all of the work and the, har- the hard work and paying attention, especially that Tornada does. <laughs> yeah I was just gonna say she
2: should be the one saying thank you
0: but that's awesome yeah and I but I do love that you know what you're talking about too Han huh? so it isn't like I don't know let me ask my wife you know <laughs> it's, it's, it's great that for the that, first um,
2: six months it was that uh, but yeah no I, I've, I've been trained pretty well
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know your stuff which is pretty awesome um yeah so when I think about privacy protection. And I I, I said a little bit at the beginning, it's it's definitely about making sure that you are protecting the people who visit your websites, whose data they've trusted you with, whether they've given you permission to add it to constant contact or an you know, active campaign, those kinds of things, and, and that we are good stewards of the privacy and the data that people um, hand to us, basically. But there also is that aspect of understanding your own privacy. And knowing what you're clicking, you know, like Donata said, I never consented to that because it wasn't on the, I, I signed up for some information yesterday and I was like, I did not check the box that said, add me to, to your, your newsletter. Cause I don't want your newsletter. I just want you to give me the information I'm asking you a question about. Right. And giving giving people those options of opting into those things. I think, you know, if, if they had been on that dog training form, Donata would have been like, nope, nope just send me the information I asked you for, but she didn't even get yeah. that opportunity because they're like, you asked for information, we're opting you into all of these things without your permission. So as somebody who is visiting sites and with data protection day coming up, data I for, is a data protection day, I forgot, protection awareness day, what's data it called? Privacy day. Privacy day, thank you. What as a consumer, we'll tack this on a little bit to the end of the conversation. What as a consumer should I be looking for when I'm visiting sites like this so that I feel protected when I've gone and I'm asking for information.
3: Sure, um, so my first suggestion, everyone's gonna hate, but trust me, stay with me here. Um, the first suggestion would be to look for a privacy policy and, and read it. Um, I know nobody wants to read privacy policies, but if you can just look out for a couple things. So like one, what data is being collected, two, what is being done with that data, who it's being shared with and whether or not it's being sold. That will give you a lot of understanding about what your privacy is going to look like when you submit your information to this website. If they don't have a privacy policy, probably a red flag because they they haven't given you any information. Um, To take a look if they have a cookie consent banner of what you're consenting to. So maybe you don't want to be tracked for analytics or maybe you don't want to be tracked for advertising. Make sure to unselect those if they have been preselected, which is wrong, but you know, unselect them if they've been pre-selected. Or make sure you just select the items that you're comfortable with or click reject or decline um, if you want to do that. Um, and then also kind of pay attention to what you're agreeing to in the forms. So some forms will have, you know, sign me up for news and alerts or sign me up for sales or, or whatever. You know, make sure that you're making the right selections. And then if a company does not respect those selections, you know, you can unsubscribe or you can um, report it as spam or, or something like that. Um, same thing on your phone. Like if you submitted your phone number, but you never agreed to getting text messages on a lot of phones now, like the iPhone, you can now report it as junk, um, in which case it'll go to a specialist. Um, so make sure you understand all of those things and make selections to what is appropriate for you. As well as if you use certain sites like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Data Privacy Day is a great day to look into your privacy settings there. Um, There are multiple websites that kind of talk about exactly how to access those settings. So you can go in and and make the correct settings that you want. Like, I don't want to be tracked for ads or I don't want to receive email marketing.
0: And if you do... like, so when you did get all of those text messages and emails, what was your response to that company? Did you just hit like type stop on the text messages? Did you unsubscribe? Did you report it? So if, I, if it was, and you don't have to tell me what you did in particular there, but like if you are somebody who is being inundated with this kind of stuff that you didn't consent to, what is your next option? What's your best option?
3: So you can contact the company and let them know, um, which is what I did. I said, hey, just so you know, I received all these emails and all these text messages that I never signed up for. And this is why I'm not going to go with your company. Um, You can also mark them as spam um, or report them to Google. Um, You can also contact the Federal Trade Commission if you're in the United States. Um, There's a special list called Do Not Call. Um, You can put your number on that list and theoretically will prevent some spammers from calling you. A lot of spammers don't check that list, even though they're supposed to. Um, If you are in other countries like the UK, the EU, Canada, Australia, you have significantly more rights than what we have in the US. So if you're in any of those countries, you can actually file a report with your data protection agency, Um, And they will investigate that report of non-compliance. So in the U.S., it's a lot harder to get anybody to look at any of this stuff because we don't have a federal privacy law. We just have state-specific laws. Um, But in other countries, there's more action being taken on those types of complaints.
2: And if I so may, if I could just give one takeaway, it's your name is your name. Your email is your email. Your phone number is your phone number. And humans are greater than businesses. Like, remember that this is your property, this is your right, this is your data, companies should respond to you whenever you ask them to change information about yourself or remove information about yourself. Your name, your email, that is your property and just remember that as we continue barreling through this new era of digital life, um, I think having this as a pillar is going to be extremely important as the years
3: progress.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, What are you
3: doing to celebrate Data Privacy Day? I am personally unsubscribing from emails for what I hope to be, but most definitely isn't the last time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like any time I like, buy something online, I get all of these emails and then I unsubscribe and then I go buy something from the same place because I like it. And then I get more emails, um, so now my inbox is just like constantly being inundated. So I'm gonna unsubscribe from all the emails that I don't need for Data Privacy Day. That's my plan.
2: And I think you know, for marketers, they hear things like that and they're like, "Oh gosh, I'm not gonna get you know, I'm, I'm gonna not be emailing anyone." And my and I've I've been there. I know what that feels like. But there is a strong counter thought to it, which is that the people who are subscribed want to actually hear from you. Like so true. Rather, Like, be, rather than trying to annoy the masses, just add quality to the minor group of people that do want to hear from you, like add value to them. And like from there, if that's your focus, they're going to talk about you with others who will then subscribe to you. So like, I just, you know, speak to your audience. Don't try to, don't try to annoy the masses just to get like one extra <laughs> No.
3: you know that's um, so true because these emails that I did not subscribe to I just delete them and they like I never click to... into the email or look at what it is I just delete them because I don't want them yeah um, but asked for them. yeah as as a business um, we're celebrating data privacy day by doing a couple different campaigns as well um, so we're gonna be posting about how people can um, protect their privacy online including how to access your privacy settings on different apps. And we're also releasing a special episode of our podcast, Privacy Laws, um, that will talk about Data Privacy Day more too.
0: Excellent. Now, John, you work with our data for Stellar WP with everybody's yes. in in uh, active campaign, as we talked about, you do something. I know where you go through and you clean up the data sometimes. So if people haven't opened; they, they we'll we'll take yes. them because we're actually the other part of that is you pay for that, right? So you're paying to use all of that information that people are getting irritated that you're using. So you may as well you would behoove you to take that out of there anyway. So so John, you you pay attention to that very closely.
1: Yes, uh, and I I have to absolutely agree with the there seems to be this big thing over a course of time where we began to just be so inundated with we need the quantity the quantity is what matters and we the more we have and the more people and ultimately you start to realize that that quantity can hurt you really really bad if you don't actually get people to actually respond and this this goes with so many things where The engagement is so much more important than the quantity, the actual back and forth, the actual creating of a community or a list or something along those lines. Because at the end of the day, if you have 100,000 people, but only a thousand of them respond, you really have 100, you you don't, you just have 100,000 names. So I absolutely agree with that. And I understand that if people end up not interacting with your system, you should probably take them out. And and try and re-engage later on, maybe they'll come back, but there's no point in holding on to it. But not everybody thinks that way as well. So I understand. No, they don't,
2: but that's awesome that you think. I mean, huge credit to Stellar WP and you for having that type of mindset. Because I, I agree. And I think it's I think it's gonna get phased out as the years go by. It's like really at the end of the goal, businesses want profit. And really at the end of the day, people don't want to be spammed with emails. They want quality. So like, let's have two birds with one stone here. So, save some money from active campaign bills for sure. But also let's let's engage with the people who want to be engaged with. So.
3: It's so true. It makes me think of this podcast that I listened to the other day about um, influencers, like Instagram or Facebook or whatever influencers. And I guess there was some influencer who had like 5 million followers. And then she was trying to sell t-shirts. And then she was very, very upset that only 25 people bought her t-shirts, even though she had 5 million followers. And it's like, well, how engaged is your audience? If those are the numbers that you're getting, you're not really influencing as much as you think you are. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Very true.
2: This is my cat, or our cat Dora, by the way. She's uh, made a couple <laughs> guest appearances. <Yeah>. So. <laughs> She's
0: a master <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> she just wants the mic. That's all there is to it. She's like, let right. me at it. <laughs> she found a warm keyboard. She's happy. <laughs> yeah. So is there anything else that we haven't asked you that you think would be important to share with our audience?
3: Well, I think it's important to share for for Data Privacy Day, for businesses to take a look at their privacy practices, too, and make sure that they are uh, respecting people's privacy. Um, you know, like you guys said, you take people out of your email list if there's lower engagement, right? But I think it's also important to note that when you keep all this data, you're more likely to, um, to be a victim to a data breach, right? You're a much more attractive mm-hmm. uh, target because you have so much data. And then the cost of that data breach will be much higher as well. So make sure you're not collecting data that you don't need in the first place. And then also cleaning that data Um, through certain periods of time you know don't just keep it forever Um, and also for businesses this is a great time to make sure that you figure out what laws actually apply to you look at when you last updated your privacy policy you know make sure that that's okay and then also making sure that your cookie consent banner is compliant so if you need to have a cookie consent banner it should have both an accept and a decline option so if your cookie consent banner is just okay, or just accept, or by continuing to use this website, we assume that you're okay with our use of cookies. That phrase has burned into my mind. I've seen it so many times. <laughs> Make sure that you change into a cookie consent provider that has both options. Yeah, And I think that's my advice.
2: I would just say, you know, once a year, everyone hates doing it, but consider resetting passwords. Uh, yeah. That's always a good as well. So both businesses and consumers. Mm
0: -hmm. Last year, um, I don't know who it was. I was never never able to figure it out, but somebody started using my email address to sign me up for everything. And so I it has been almost a year of unsubscribing from everything, logging into things I got signed up for, changing passwords, logging back out so that this person was no longer ordering things in my name. L- luckily they didn't have access to my debit card or anything like that. But suddenly I had, you know, a, a shopping cart at Wayfair that was $20,000 and was sitting in a shopping cart. And so I was getting a ton of emails. So that was a nightmare that I, I had no way to control. So do your best out there to make sure that, you know, and I change my password frequently. They couldn't access my email. They could literally just sign me up for everything under the sun. And it's been quite a nightmare to get out of that. But there's like but because I do take my own privacy seriously, they can't get into my Twitter. They can't get into my email, things like that. But if you are somebody that doesn't take your password seriously that could have been a, a bigger nightmare than it was. So I a hundred percent echo that statement and get out there and watch out for yourself for sure. For for sure. Man, that's evil. Yeah. that's
1: it, not... yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk later about all of that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if anybody's interested in learning more um, about termageddon, how do they follow you on socials? How do they find you online? And if you want to give any of your personal accounts, if they have questions, you're welcome to to do that also.
2: Yeah, so our Termageddon handle is Termageddon uh, for everything. Um, so Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, you can also go to Termageddon.com and just scroll down to see our social links. Um, mm-hmm. I know following people talking about privacy sounds like the most exciting thing in the world, but actually kind of is. It, it is really yeah, interesting, true. this industry. Um, me personally, I'm on Twitter pretty often or X or whatever it's called these days. Um, yeah. My handle's Deep Space Hans. So.
3: And mine is Donatus Gilbert. Yep.
0: There you go. Perfect. Uh, well, thank you all for be, for so much for being here today and sharing with. We also have an article coming out on the Stellar WP blog within the month uh, that you've penned for us about, uh, you know, having good policies and terms and conditions on your website. I'm getting that blog post ready to publish within about a month. So we appreciate all of the um contributions that you've made and certainly look forward to seeing it at future seeing you at future events and John thank you so much for co-hosting with me today it's been Absolutely. great to do this with you and um you have unique insight into what we do here with data which has you know made it perfect for you to be here today too so thank you all so much uh, for being here
2: thank you both yeah thank you
1: thank you
0: Absolutely. And we'll see everybody else on the next episode of WP Constellations. If you find this episode, if you're listening to this someplace, just go to WPConstellations.com slash podcast. Find this episode. We will have all of the links for Hans Donata and John as well um, in that episode, as well as have a full transcript of today's episode. So thanks everybody for being here. We'll see you next time. WP Constellations is a production of Stellar WP, home of the events calendar, Learn Dash, Give WP, Cadence, Iconic, Solid WP, Orderable, and Restrict Content Pro. Learn more about the Stellarverse at
3: stellarwp.com.